Welcome to the Leadership Void Podcast. Enrique and Vince here, and we're all about helping you develop and fill the areas of void in your leadership. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. Once again, I am loving this. This is season two, 2021, Vince. You know, we made it, we made it through the year and here we go opening up 2021 with a great speaker today. We have a great uh, guest, Vince is gonna introduce him, but uh, let me briefly thank all those that supported us in 2020. Those that are hanging with us in 2021, you're gonna be blown away by the guests that we're bringing you this year, Vince. Absolutely, you know, 2021 new and improved things are in store some great surprises coming up as well stay tuned to the end to hear about them but for season two we start back up our national tour with that as with all these dynamic leaders but today we're going back to pennsylvania to speak with daniel harris who is the founder and ceo of muddy boots leadership llc so welcome daniel being on the show let's first dive in and tell us about you Thank you. Thank you uh, for having me. I uh, look forward to this and, and uh, very much appreciate uh, the opportunity. So I just published uh, Muddy Boots uh, um, on guard, the four pillars of leadership, which uh, came out in October uh, towards the end of, uh, of, of the year. Uh, and in which I defined uh, the four pillars of leadership uh, as courage, love, integrity, and passion. And I wrote the book to inspire the leader that is in people, that is in you, uh, essentially. Uh, prior to that, I uh, recently retired um, December 31st, 2018, pretty much January 1st, 2019. Retired from uh, the military, from the army, after serving uh, 20 years on active duty and um, another uh, 11 plus years on, in the reserves, but it was all in the National Guard. Um, Family and myself, I immigrated to the U.S. Uh, in 1977 at the age of uh, 15 with my family, lived in New York, lived in Staten Island, went to school, uh, met two great friends uh, that um, we're still together today. Uh, together we're a lethal threesome. That's uh, God, Uncle Sam, and myself. You know, we're, we, we travel around a lot and, and I'm able to accomplish so much. And um, reside in... in uh, northern northeastern Pennsylvania here, and uh, started uh, Muddy Boots Leadership. That's fantastic! I tell you, I'm I'm interested in that book. I'm gonna get me a copy of that and uh, and get inspired. Uh, you mentioned love, and that's that's definitely one of the pillars of leadership, and I believe that wholeheartedly. Now, yes. Muddy Boots that that's intriguing. So, tell me about Muddy Boots. Well. In order to be a leader, you have to be on your feet. You cannot lead from behind your desk or you cannot lead from sitting in one spot. Um, and if you're on your feet, moving around, observing, uh, constantly tweaking, right-sizing, uh, prioritizing, speaking to your team members, that allows you to keep your finger on the pulse of, of your organization. But in order to do that, you've you're going to wear out some serious uh you know sole on on your shoes it's um and so muddy boots is just it as a commander in the military as a from a lieutenant going up through captain major lieutenant colonel 
I I wore out some some boots, and my, my boots were never clean. If uh, you know, totally speaking, right? But um, it's 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 in the name, and it's the essence of growing and developing leaders, one step at a time, and keeping you know the the the, the whole framework in mind of the boots, the steps. Um, and it being muddy. If it's clean, you're you're not moving around enough. Right. It's uh, there's there's something called critical time and place, where leaders always need to find that and place themselves there. And you find that out by moving around, because if you're not in that spot, you will not be able to act as the catalyst to drive your mission, your objective, your focus where it needs to be. Thus, muddy boots. <laughs> uh, definitely, it's it, it fits and and it really resonates with to to the fact not just military of any any individual that is leading because to your point for them it might be muddy shoes and muddy pumps but the bottom line is that you know you should be getting behind the desk and moving away from that and and getting yourself out in the trenches and getting dirty and and learning from, from walking around, leadership by walking around. So I, I really love Muddy Boots leadership. Uh, just sharing uh, for, to the audience, you know, how, how any shifts from the pandemic uh, you have endured and, and, and or what are you currently doing uh, in the leadership arena that you'd like to share with the audience? Well, the book is out and, um, you know, one of draw the attention and talk about uh, a few things that I feel leaders need to focus on, particularly in aiding their team to deal with the pandemic, right? And that is resiliency. Um, I think that's a responsibility of the team lead or the leader. I put it squarely on them. This is a time when team members, Everyone in the society is dealing with this pandemic that is uh, unprecedented. And so how does a team leader manage to still do work seamlessly while their members who pull the levers, push the buttons, do the work are dealing with so many other issues to include the team leader themselves, right? So uh, that is, that is a, a key uh, issue that I think leaders need to focus on is the resilience of the of their team. So why is that important? Uh, I tell you, resilience is the ability to bounce back, having faced or dealt with a traumatic experience. Right. So a person is never the same once they experience an event or deal with an emotion that is not normal to them, you know, a death, uh, uh, an accident, a very tragic accident, a, you know, isolation and so on and so forth. And because this pandemic has come in and surgically attacked, surgically attacked those things that we hold dear to us and we use to define pretty much our existence, um, the results, the second and third order effects of that on people, I think will be uh, 
we'll be discovering that for, for years to come. I don't think we, we've even touched on it yet. For example, um, you know, church. Some people define their lives by going to, to church service, socializing in that arena. Well, COVID is knocked that out. Social distancing. Some people go to the gym. Some people go to happy hour, the, 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 the play dates with families and children and even pets, that's all out. So, and, and you're not relegated to being in isolation by yourself. Some, some loved ones and family members have had to pass away by themselves without people being around their beds or even visiting them in the hospital. That is, that is very traumatic. Uh, it's a very emotional uh, uh, time and, and uh, it's very difficult for people. So I say, and, and then losing jobs, losing homes, losing uh, all of those things that people used to define themselves. You not only have the loss of loved ones and the feeling of isolation, then there is the loss of profession, your work, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a very tough time for people. And I think uh, psychologists will be, uh, psychiatrists will be unearthing the effects, the emotional effects of, you know, that people are dealing with uh, after this for, for quite, quite some time. So resilience is what I want leaders to focus on. Yes, that's uh, resilience. Uh, you know, we can wear those t-shirts all day long, right? Because that, it, yeah. if anything in 2020, we have learned that that has to be a, uh, a byword in our, you know, a word that we live by in, in every day from now on. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and I agree that there's some things that leadership have to uh, take a hold of uh, in order to continue uh, pushing folks down the path of success uh, because, you know, fact is it doesn't look any different than last year right now right no so no, it, no no it may <laughs> in some instances it may look a little worse so yes, you know so yes, yes. uh so yeah no i love i love uh your philosophy behind muddy boots i mean you're talking muddy boots and i'm like yeah and i was one <laughs> and i'm sure vincent i spent a lot of time shining them boots <laughs> just just <laughs> to right. look a particular right. part right but Right. true essence of leaders is that those souls need to be worn. I mean, if you wore those boots all year long, you should have no souls on the boots by the time you're Absolutely. done. Absolutely. And so I love, I love the philosophy uh, and mentality behind that. So where, where, where does Muddy Boots go from here, right? Where, what are your trajectory, uh, your, your outlook look like? Well, um, number of things. So Muddy Boots grows and develop leaders, right? The essence is growth. Um, leaders need to continuously grow and continuously learn. You know, at Fort Leonard Wood, when I was there uh, in the late 80s, we used to call it Fort Lost in the Woods Misery. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. <laughs> it's about, it is about 150 miles away from St. Louis. And, uh, you know, it takes a while to leave there. I think the Mark Twain National Forest is the backdrop of the, of, of the, of the fort. And uh, there's just nothing out there at the time. Um, but I remember this in, in one of the buildings. Um, and there's a saying that said, the point on the thermostat 
where it's neither hot nor cold is called the comfort zone. Over here, we call it the dead zone. If you find yourself being comfortable, get out, okay? Because when you're comfortable, a number of things happen, both rhetorically and figuratively. You stop being creative, you stop being innovative, you're comfortable. And the reason why we don't want you in the dead zone, in that comfort zone is because when you stop moving, you become fixed. And whenever you're fixed, an infantryman knows this, whenever you're fixed, it means you're in the crosshairs of somebody's weapon, <laughs> okay? You don't wanna be fixed. <laughs> Three to five seconds is all they need to squeeze that trigger and you are out. So do not be comfortable. In, and, and in order not to be comfortable, means you're constantly growing and developing. You're constantly doing those things to sharpen and hone your skills, both as a leader and also in your competencies. So um, that, is, that, that is what I preach to, to my, my uh, uh, clients, to, to the folks that I talk to. Uh, pay attention to those areas in your, in your sphere where you think you've arrived and you want to, be, you want to get comfortable. There's always a better way to fix the, the widget. There's always room for improvement. Um, whenever you fix the widget and you look at it, you can, you can build it another, a better way. And you, once you get a product and you look at it, you can always build it a, a better way. Continuous process improvements, both for what it is you're doing as well as for, for yourself. So um, key, diversifying, leaders need to diversify their toolboxes, okay? There's a saying that, if the hammer is the only tool in your toolbox, then you're forced to treat every problem like a nail, right? And we all know that there's a variety and different sizes and shapes of problems out there. Um, some problems only require a screwdriver or a thumbtack or a staple. And then there are other problems that require a jackhammer and a, and, and a chainsaw, right? But if you are a leader that doesn't have a diversified toolbox with only one tool in there, Whenever you meet those various types of problems, guess what? You're gonna leverage the tool that you have. And I submit that that's not very effective. <laughs> so um, growth, development, constantly broadening the set of tools that you keep on your, on your shoulder, that, that proverbial leadership tool bag. Um, whenever you read a book, whenever you read a magazine, you hear a quotation, you watch a program, you listen to a podcast, there are golden nuggets there that you can squirrel away in that bag because trust me as you're moving around you know walking around your organization you will be able to leverage some of those those assets that you've you've uh, you've acquired you know definitely so speaking of growth and development which is a catalyst to any leaders uh a success not as an individual but for the team we now diving in so excited to hear about your own personal uh development now so Let's transition into the leadership questions and talk a little bit now first about what professional development areas do you work on to improve your capabilities as a leader? Well, um, something that I still practice and I, I talked to my junior commanders when I, was, uh, when I was a commander about this. In fact, I required this of my, of my commanders, two things. And that was to carve out time to read 
and also to carve out time to think. They're two different things. So the reading part is that continuous process improvement, reading about your profession, about your competencies. Um, a great number of publications are out there. Um, again, like I said, information from podcasts, from uh, television programs, okay? Um, you need to have a separate time where you read and get into that material. It helps to keep you on the edge of your, of your game. Make time to think. And uh, I call this uh, the time where you sit with your, your favorite vice, okay? Could be a coffee, cup of coffee, tea, scotch, milk, whatever it is you engage in, or a cigar, but have that time where you do nothing else but think about your profession and how you can do it differently, how you can improve upon your processes, what it is you're doing. Those things don't happen uh, by chance. You have to uh, put thought into it. And uh, that's when you know, the, the, the wellspring of creativity opens up and you begin to think differently on how to do your work and how to approach certain things, uh, having had the luxury of sitting down and thinking about it. So I required this of my commanders. I said, you need to make time to think, you need to make time to read. And I would share uh, the books on leadership mostly uh, that, uh, that, that I would want them to read and, and, and puts us all on, on the same page. Uh, very, very important. Uh, um, is, is, is uh, those two things that I do to, to keep myself uh, uh, sharpened. Um, prioritizing, um, I call it my rucksack, you know? And everything that we have or deal with in life, I break it down into three areas. You got big rocks, you have medium rocks, and you got small rocks, okay? The big rocks are the things that matter, things that you need, you need to focus on, right? Uh, there's your family, this profession, your children, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And you got the medium rocks. Those things that's kind of fall in between there, um, certain initiative types, et cetera. And then there's the small rocks uh, or, or granules of sand. You know, that's where you're breaking out with the video game or you're going to the, you know, to, to have drinks with, with, with the guys and, and, and the gals. So all the time I would ask, you know, what, what size rocks do you have in your rucksack? Okay. And the big rocks are big because they're heavy. These are big ticket items, okay? Um, pay attention to how you pack that rucksack because if you fill it in with the small rocks, there'll be little room left for the, for the big rocks and the medium rocks. Always pack your big rocks first. And then you put in the, 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 the medium-sized ones and then you can pour in the, the, the granules and that'll fill in the spaces in between, but always secure those big rocks. And I find myself practicing that I remind myself about that, and uh, it keeps me it keeps me on, on on the edge of my game. Yeah, you you're you're talking about that whole uh, exercise, right? Because it has been used, uh, and I and I vividly it comes to my mind. You know how you you know there's there's but there's only one of us, right? There's but so much space, um, and we we just get dealt rocks. It's not like we get to choose which rock we're gonna get. It, it comes at us and we just have to figure it out. And typically that exercise is wonderful. And I love it. I, I love seeing it in, in actual 
live action where you say, wow, you could fit all those rocks in this one vessel and it can work. You just have to prioritize. So I love that. So and, and that's a great advice. So advice for emerging leaders, because there's a lot of people that are listening that are at different stages in their leadership. Some are just getting into it. Some of them, are, you know, but they're working it. You know, they, they, they're in it. They're in, in the position working. And then there's some uh, at the levels that we often see in the show, executives, business owners, they're leading the, the, the whole shebang. So um, what advice would you give an emerging, uh, an emerging leader that you received while you was growing up? I tell you, um, it all comes back to a number of things. It starts with the values and the, 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 the morals and the, the, you know, the, way, the way we were, were raised. We hear about work ethic. Um, nothing is to be lost on that. It defines and it shapes your approach to everything that you do, pretty much the way, you know, the, the way you were raised. In terms of um, discussion, with emergent leaders, I, I teach graduate school and I have graduate students in organizational leadership. And many of these, these uh, uh, young men and women are supervisors, uh, some are managers in their respective uh, uh, jobs. And one of the things we talk about um, most of the, you know, in, in, I introduced this in, in, in the classes, it's the issue of looking at yourself and asking or being sure that what it is you're engaged in is your choice. It's your choice. You're not doing it because your father and your great-grandfather and your great-great-great-grandfather did this or, your, or, or, or this is something that your mother want, wanted you to do or an aunt or uncle or someone. You receive that information, you, you, you listen to what they tell you and it's input, but it is not making the decision for you. You are the one that makes that decision. And here's the reason why that's important. Because there are gonna come those times when you're up against the wall, okay? It's cold, it's miserable, or oh, it's hot. We say where the tire meets the road. And um, if what you're doing is not your choice, you will start to hate life. <laughs> we say in the army, you will hate life. Um, but more importantly, when it's your choice, it does not become work. You, you find yourself in that space where you've lost track of time, you've lost uh, a type of, you know, track of, of effort. I say you need to experience two things, okay? You need to experience timelessness and effortlessness when you're engaged in that which you know this is for you, when uh, you know that you're hardwired for this. But if you are constantly watching your time and when you're engaged in it, it's an effort, it's a struggle. I say, brother, sisters, you're not hardwired for this. This, this, this is not you, we need to find, this is not for you, okay? The reason why that's important is I wanna get them to that space where they can, they can open up that wellspring of creativity and, and, and innovativeness. Because when you are not fighting what it is you're doing, you, you, it, it, it's just become a part of you, the energy just flows. 
you think about it differently. You, you can see different ways of doing, uh, doing the same thing. You develop new ways of, of, uh, of, of, of approaching it. And when you've arrived at that space, you're no longer working. You're, you're living you know, at whatever it is, whether it's in business, whether it's in politics, whether it's in religion, whether it's sports, entertainment, any one of those venues, uh, the, the first thing you need to arrive at is ensure that you're plugged in, you're plugged in into that which you're hardwired for, because the rest will be history. People will be reading about you in the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame indeed, you know, uh, we wanna all be living our true selves. And Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, to, to your point, we all have that choice. Um, and Absolutely. understanding and embracing that choice is, is very imperative and important. Great advice there. But at times we have to handle challenges and obstacles. And for yourself, uh, how would you handle challenges that you face or you're currently facing? Well, um, I say this often that challenges are good. Challenges are good. Challenges help to make us better as we figure out ways to resolve them, to, 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 to fix them, to, to you know, uh, uh, overcome them. So challenges make us, make us good. We dispense with labels. Get rid of the labels. Everything that you're dealing with is neither good nor bad. It's just what it is. There, you know, if, if, if it's not flowing the way you want, that's a challenge. And rather than looking at it as a problem, uh, you, you, I invite folks to look at it as a challenge. And when you work through resolving that challenge, there are lessons that you're gonna learn. There are takeaways that you're going to, to uh, walk away with and hopefully you remember to scroll them away in your leadership kit bag, because sure enough, somewhere down the road, you are going to encounter something similar. So um, I welcome challenges because through talking with team members, um, you know, reaching into that tool bag and pulling out different set of tools to leverage upon that, that challenge ultimately helps me to overcome them. Right. Uh, it also helps you to be resilient. Um, so challenges are good. Now, in terms of uh, uh, challenges that I've had to deal with, well, COVID is one of them. You know, I lost my father and my brother uh, fairly recently, as well as uh, my, my nephew. Uh, so and, and the way I've overcome them is talking about them. Engaging in work, I exercise. Uh, there, there are a number of things you can still do, even though we're we're locked within the confines of COVID and 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 having to to you know exercise uh, 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 COVID related uh, protocols. But they're not going to go away. Uh, um, you know, embrace it. And as we say in you know in the military, you know, embrace the suck. It's a it's it's a suck. It's it's going to come but it is not a showstopper. It should not stop you. Uh, you, can, you can walk away from it, you can take a break from it, but uh, immediately engage it, re-engage, and, uh, and, and at some point, once you've burned enough gray matter at it, um, it, it, it begins to unfold. 
Yes, I totally agree with that. And as you mentioned in, uh, of your family, you know, my heart uh, to you and your family uh, and our condolences for those losses. I know that uh, the nation, uh, the world even, has, yes. uh, has seen this in one way or another. Uh, you know, we have a family member in, uh, in uh, ICU conditions as well. Uh, this, uh, th you know, this, this is affecting us. Uh, leadership, this is the time, right, where true leadership uh, has to know how to strategize around these things that come at us because life will come at different stages at, in different forms. So in, in the terms of, of strategy and leadership, uh, what would you suggest, uh, you know, teams do, team leaders do to be able to strategize around these challenges? Well, um, I'll tell you this, and uh, part of the reason why your, your title, The Leadership Void, resonates so well, um, this is a time when leadership is so important, is so key. You know, John C. Maxwell in his book, you know, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, I'm sure you're familiar with it. Um, there's a quotation in there that I, I, I like, and it says, everything, everything rises and fall on leadership. Now I think about that for a minute. Okay, everything rises and fall on leadership. Because life unfolds daily and things just happen. Things are what they are, right? Um, when you have the ability to lead a team that is, and that involves getting many people, could be two, three, four, 10, 20, a team acting in concert, that is pushing and pulling in the same direction, not one is pushing and another one is pulling in opposite directions, but they're both pushing and pulling in the same direction with, with the leader choreographing, prioritizing, uh, watching the limits, um, you know, keeping the, the focus and inspiring them to, to, to do what they need to do in, 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 in achieving this, uh, I tell you, that's how you achieve extraordinary results. I don't care what, what's going on. It could be COVID, could be warfare, could be in a boardroom, a business boardroom, could be on a sport team, it could be in a religious organization, it could be in entertainment, okay? Time, leadership. You know, um, and Dr. King said, uh, you know, the time is always right to do the right thing. That's what leaders do because they extricate themselves out of it. It is not about them. It's never about them. It's about the team and accomplishing the objective or the mission or the quarterly earnings uh, that's been set by the CEO, you know, what have you. Um, but the time is always right to do the right thing and you, you cannot step away from that. The minute you, you move away from that, you know, that construct, um, you've, you've, there's a stain, the, the, the light goes dim, the energy drops a little bit because your team members will, will pick that up in you. They will see that, okay? Um, nothing like a, a, a fake leader, it, it saps your energy. It kills morale. It, it, it stops inspiring, right? Uh, big difference between motivating and leading. You know, if you show up to work three days late in one week and your manager cuts your pay, that motivates you to show up in time. 
Okay. So I say managers motivate, leadership inspires. Okay. Depending on the culture and the environment that you've nurtured on that team as the leader, right? Trust me, no member of that team is going to show up late. And when they, they can't wait to get in there. And when they're there, you have to tell them to go home. And how do you tap into that, right? It's because of the environment and the culture that you nurture on that team. It's, it's a number of things. You, you uh, create autonomy. You give people autonomy in doing their work. Trust that they've been trained. I mean, take, take the military. We all go to the same schools. We all get trained and certified. So by the time you show up to work in a unit, you know, you've met the basic minimum standard, okay, to be there, right? So really, what is the work of the NCO and the officer? It's to inspire those guys. You're not showing them how to do their work. They've, they've been trained to do that. They know how to do their work, okay? But those tough days are coming when it's, you know, zero degrees outside and, you know, 18 inches of snow and, 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 and the, the, the truck's wheels are spinning and you're in, you're in tents, uh, you know, how do you get those, that, that team to continue pushing forward, okay, when uh, they have all these other external pressures, uh, uh, you, know, uh, you know, at them? So the, uh, the, the role of the leader is just so critically important. Uh, I cannot, I, I cannot understand, you know, understate it. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard, heard it first from Dan, Daniel Harris. You have to inspire, make sure your souls are worn. And if you haven't picked up his book <laughs> on guard and know about those four pillars, please do so. But for those who want to learn how to get a hold of that copy of that book or to work with Muddy Books Leadership, how do they get a hold of you and your company? Um, so uh, the website is uh, www.muddybootsleadership.com. And again, it's www.muddybootsleadership.com. I'm also on Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, that's, that's how you can, you can get hold of me. Um, the book, The Four Pillars, uh, incredibly important, that second pillar. So the acronym is CLIP, C-L-I-P, which stands for courage, love, integrity, and passion, okay? Uh, I invite leaders to immerse themselves in the concept and lead with love, you know, and, and to clarify it a little bit, it's, you know, agape love, the love, brotherly love, not the love between a man and a woman. It's the love that was exhibited by the man Christ, uh, by Gandhi, by Mother Teresa, uh, Martin Luther King, just, just to bring it uh, you know, to, to uh, present, present day uh, uh, names and, and, and figures, right? When you are leading with love, okay, your team feels that, they see that, it's genuine, it's inspiring, and the book hopefully gets that across, you know, you, that, that, that's a takeaway that I want people to have because once you tap into that, it is very intense. Once you tap into that, if you, and, and think through history, many leaders have fallen on your sword 
And it's because of that love component. You know, Martin Luther King, when he was standing on that balcony and in his sermon the night before, he was told about being, you know, the threats on his life and being shot. And what did he say? It doesn't matter anymore. It does not matter anymore, okay? His, his, his objective and his focus was on what he was doing. Jesus Christ, Gandhi, with all the threats from the British authorities to stop uh, leading and talking, inspiring the people, he said, it doesn't matter. They were willing to fall on their swords. And that's, that's what happens when, so I tell folks, be careful, because once, once that bites you, <laughs> there, is, there is no stopping you, okay? And it, it is okay with you. You become, you internalize it, and it, it's okay to follow my sword. It is that serious, and, and it becomes that intense. Yeah, I believe that uh, wholeheartedly. It's definitely one of the pillars of my leadership, and uh, you know, it, you can't go without it. If you if you do, you see things uh, that are similar to what we've seen uh, throughout uh, the news feeds for decades, right? And leaders that have uh, went down roads that they shouldn't have, made decisions that they shouldn't have, because that wasn't a central figure or pillar in their leadership. Now, folks, we're going to be putting that information part of the video. We'll also have it as the notes, so you'll be able to get in contact. With Daniel, but uh, Daniel, thank you so much, uh, folks. If you want to get a hold of us, the Leadership Void, simple, the Leadership Void at gmail.com is where you'll contact us. If you want to be a guest, you have some comments on the show, you have some suggestions on topics that you want us to cover dealing with leadership. Uh, we'll, you know, look at that and curate it and and put it all together. But that's where you'll uh, contact us. Vince, uh, it has been such a pleasure to, to, to hear Danny speak. Uh, and and you know, I'm just so happy that we started the year with him. Thank you, Danny. Thank you. I really appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you for having me. And I would like to add, you know, season two, we started out with uh, Muddy Boots Leadership, Daniel Harris, and we're just flabbergasted of all the information and pearls of wisdom you shared. So again, accolades, and thank you for opening us up in a great way in season two. Um, thank you. And for everybody else, so for our audience out there, next week we have an opportunity to interview an Air Force veteran. We'll give more information during the week, and you'll hear more about it. Plus, this Friday, uh, January 15th, we kick off our first live broadcast called the Radio Check. We're calling it Radio Check. We're synonymous to doing the battle check. Uh, we'll have no agenda. It's a live feature, the first and the 15th every month at 1900 hours. For those who don't know, it's 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live radio check. And lastly, trying to reach 100 subscribers. We're at 63. Give us a boost. Subscribe our YouTube channel, The Leadership Void. We'll be happy to have you because that book right there, uh, From the Prairie to the Pentagon, is definitely the one you can win. And it's from one of our great leaders that we had as a host, Denise Jelinski Hall. She is the author of that great book. Please subscribe to be in, enter the drawing. But again, today, we just want to say thank you again to Danny Harris for being here. Well, we salute you and thank you for your time and everything you do. Thank you for having me.
Thank you for tuning in to the Leadership Void Podcast. If you have any topics you would like to discuss or you are dealing with leadership issues, be sure to write us at theleadershipvoid at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share. Until next time.